Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient's performance improvement programs. I'm Laura Hoffman, Performance Improvement Program Director at Vizient and your program host. Mental health is an important part of all of our lives, and it's especially important to children in our society. Yet the state of mental wellness among children and adolescents in the United States is declining. In fact, the CDC reported that pre-COVID-19, one in five children were diagnosed with a mental disorder. And even more astounding is that only 20% of these children received care from a mental health provider. Fortunately, technology has exploded in the area of mental wellness, and here to talk to us today about some really innovative digital technologies available specifically for addressing pediatric mental health is Vizient's own Technology Program Director, Dr. Joe Cummings. Welcome to the program, Dr. Joe. So happy you could join us today. Thanks for having me, Laura. You know, I really think that digital technologies can be incredibly helpful for your performance improvement initiatives, so it's definitely worth delving deeper into this topic. I'd like to start by asking, what exactly do you mean when you say digital technologies? As you know, digital care is a really hot topic these days. In fact, I just saw a recent survey of hospital C-suite execs where they said that digital care is where they expect their largest hospital budget increases this year. So you can think of digital technology as the enabler of digital care, and it's just kind of an umbrella term that encompasses all of your technology products that are primarily computer or software-based. So some examples would include things like telehealth, the EHR, patient portals, artificial intelligence, maybe even smartphone apps, and a whole category of products that the FDA classifies as software as a medical device. Some more specific examples might include things like mental health-related computer games, virtual reality, interactive chatbots, and prescription digital therapeutics. Prescription digital therapeutics is a term I've not heard before. How is that different from just a simple smartphone app? Prescription digital therapeutics is another really hot area of medical R&D, and it's attracting billions of dollars of venture capital these days, so it's really rapidly growing with some predictions of about a $10 billion market by 2025 and a $40 billion market by 2030, but those estimates kind of based on a predicted growth rate of about 30% per year, which is pretty healthy growth. And this kind of growth suggests that the prescription digital therapeutic technologies, it could be major disruptors to the healthcare paradigm over the next decade. Are these market values that you just mentioned only for behavioral health? Actually, prescription digital therapeutics can cover a whole bunch of different medical areas, like also for things like cardiovascular diseases and diabetes. But the behavioral health-related apps make up more than half of all the technologies in this category. So I'd say that behavioral health is really leading the way in prescription digital therapeutics. But again, back to the difference between a simple smartphone app and a prescription digital therapeutic. As you can tell from the name, these technologies are available only by prescription which means it has to be prescribed by a licensed healthcare professional, which also means that not everyone can just go on the app store and download it and then use it. And it also means that they're regulated and approved by the FDA, just like drugs and other traditional medical devices. And the therapy part just means that they're designed to provide some sort of medical therapy or an intervention. For example, the digital technology might be providing some form of cognitive behavioral therapy to treat anxiety or stress. 
Dr. Joe, when it comes to treating people with mental health issues, we often hear about access issues. How do you think prescription digital therapeutics can help with that? Well, for starters, I think in some ways, pediatrics is probably your biggest and most accepting target audience for new digital technologies. I mean, think about how many kids, especially by their tweens and teens, are just glued to their smartphone, right? And even the younger kids are pretty tech savvy, and they all have tablets and computer games that they use all the time. So the use of technology to provide these kids care is just, I think, meeting them where they're already at. Now, if you throw in the convenience of using technology-enabled telehealth, where, say, you don't have to put in the time to travel and wait in an office and drive home again, the ability to use digital technologies, in this case, to facilitate virtual visits is huge for improving access. Plus, I think some of the digital-first models for providing behavioral health that are available 24-7, I think this helps with the issues that come up outside of the usual office hours. The other thing I'd add regarding access is that these digital technologies and programs are providing a way to cope with the dreaded wait list. So as you already mentioned, we have this huge shortage of mental health care providers, and the shortage can be even worse depending on your location. So you often end up on a wait list for in-person care. Digital technologies and strategies often have the scalability and the economies of scale that can facilitate access in some of these cases, unlike with human-based therapy. Speaking of therapeutics, there are really some pretty innovative technologies available now specifically for pediatric patients, right? Yes, there's there's a lot of innovation going on in pediatrics right now. For example, there are some really interesting video game-based technologies for treating ADHD in kids. And one of these was a real groundbreaker in that it was one of the first prescription digital therapeutics when it got FDA clearance back in 2020. So this gameplay type of technology is really big for pediatrics because you can easily add it to whatever you're already doing for treatment because there's very little downside like adverse effects. And the upside is that the kids really like to play games, so they actually want to do their therapy, which I think depending on the technology can be something like maybe 25 minutes a day, five days a week, or another I know of is supposed to be used for about 20 minutes, three to four times a week. So ultimately, we're talking about only maybe one to two hours of time commitment per week. One to two hours a week does seem pretty doable, but how does playing a game actually help with ADHD? It really depends on the specific product. But for example, one works by providing competing game tasks that require you to learn to be flexible and efficient and shift your attention between the tasks that they're giving you. And it provides rewards if you do it well. And it also has mechanisms to adapt the difficulty level based on how you're doing. Another interesting one that's under development right now actually uses a sensor headband to measure brain activity in the frontal cortex. And so you have to focus your attention in your frontal cortex to make the game player move forward. And the more focused you are, the faster your player moves. So it kind of gives your brain a workout. Similar to that other one, This one also provides some different multitasking challenges and provides rewards and different levels, et cetera. Okay, I'm with you so far, but I'm a little skeptical. So how do they actually work? Skepticism is good. I think you should be skeptical. But I think this is where you need to carefully look at the FDA-approved indications and the published clinical evidence. So in these ADHD games, there's actually been some randomized controlled trials 
which is kind of the gold standard that show a statistically significant improvement in some validated ADHD outcomes. So they do seem to work at least a little bit. Wow. What better approach for a child or teenager than to play their therapy? But it's not only about therapy. Gameplay can actually be used to teach patients too, right? Yeah, the chatbot is a great way to educate kids with conditions like, say, cancer or undergoing scary procedures or surgeries. And there are also some really novel apps now that use other things like virtual reality and gameplay, cartoon-like AI-based avatars that can be used to educate. And these have been shown to reduce the anxiety and stress level in kids before they go into the hospital or have their procedure. There's even some pretty intriguing data that suggests that using some of these technologies can actually improve procedural outcomes. For example, if the patient's less stressed and is more cooperative, it could reduce procedure times or maybe the need for repeat procedures. These educational technologies are also very helpful for giving the patient a sense of empowerment, and this probably increases their patient satisfaction scores. Dr. Joe, you mentioned virtual reality. How can you use that to improve stress in kids? For one, virtual reality and the related field of augmented reality has been shown to reduce pain levels during and after procedures. For example, I've seen products that make use of virtual reality during a mild sedation procedure where the virtual reality technology is actually used instead of the sedatives. There are also some virtual reality applications where you put the headset on kids and you start up a game and it provides a distraction so that For example, they don't notice the needle before an injection or a blood draw. These technologies sound amazing. I'm a big advocate for improving health literacy, and these technologies certainly do help with that. You know, this brings to mind something else that I think is really important. The field of pediatrics have really been pioneers in utilizing patient and family advisors for various types of improvement efforts. So it's exciting to see that patients and family members are being taken into consideration in the technology, too. I think you're spot on. The family engagement angle is no doubt huge in getting successful outcomes in pediatric behavioral health. I think it's been shown that when the parents achieve their set goals that they've been given, their kids are way more likely to achieve their own therapy goals. So just like the digital tools for patients, there are now a lot of digital programs and apps that focus on providing the education and insights and the skills to the parents or other family members. This can even include virtual counseling and therapy sessions for the family. And again, the virtual nature may help improve the participation by the family in this component, I think. Do you have any examples of including family engagement like this in pediatric mental health care? I think eating disorders might be a big one with a family engagement angle. So this would be a pretty high impact condition just due to the numbers of people and kids involved. But it's also important due to the high mortality rate involved too. I think I read somewhere that eating disorders has the second highest mortality rate of all mental illnesses behind opioid addiction. So it's very serious and cries out for some prompt intervention from professionals So if family-based therapies is one of the elements that you're using for eating disorders, it's pretty straightforward, I think, to provide this option in the home setting using a digital-first strategy. It's so encouraging to see parents and caregivers having the opportunity to get involved. At this point, I can't help but think about those situations where, despite the caregiver's willingness to get involved, 
there are going to be situations where the child or adolescent might need more intensive therapy. Are there digital technologies that can help with pediatric patients who might need more complex or more specialized therapy? I think we have to be a little cautious here because you don't want to get into the situation where, for example, a patient with major depression is only interacting with a chatbot for their therapy. But there may be a role for the cognitive behavioral therapy chatbot as an adjunct to care from a provider. So maybe it's just one of the tools that they're using in addition to in-person care. Telehealth may also play a big role in these cases, but we have to make sure it's also being done right with careful patient selection. So I've seen some digital programs for intensive online outpatient mental health services for kids where instead of maybe a once-weekly in-person session, you might have multiple online individual sessions five days a week, and maybe also group sessions or family sessions that add up to multiple times a week. So with this kind of intensive counseling paradigm, you might expect to see a lot of missed appointments if it's in-person but I think the virtual model may increase compliance with the, attending all of those mini sessions. You know, we've talked a lot so far about using digital technology for treatment of mental health disorders. And as I understand, there's technology available for diagnosing pediatric conditions too, right? Definitely. We live in the internet era. And nowadays when people get sick, for most of us, one of the first things we do is go online to something like WebMD to check our symptoms and see what disease we might have. So mental health conditions are probably going to be no different. So there are apps and chatbots that you can use that they'll present a scientifically validated mental health assessment questionnaire that it then uses to make a, a mental health diagnosis, for example, for things like anxiety and depression. And hopefully they also mention some caveats that they're not always right. So they tell you to go see a real doctor if there's any question at all about the diagnosis you get. But there's also some really interesting digital diagnostic technology specific to pediatrics. For example, there's one FDA cleared smartphone app. It's intended for the early diagnosis of autism. And it involves a digital caregiver questionnaire and an online physician questionnaire and you also use the smartphone app to make some videos of the child's play and social interactions in the home. And all that kind of gets uploaded to make a diagnosis. And right now, the video part gets evaluated by a human, but there's also potential for that assessment to be done by AI, too. What is the value of doing it with an app instead of just going to your doctor? So a primary care physician may not be up to date enough on the diagnostic cues, and this technology may really help some of them to increase their autism diagnostic accuracy. It's also based on an AI machine learning model that's been trained on a very large subset of patients. So this also helps to improve the diagnostic accuracy. Also, like we've been talking about, it's about improved access. So in some cases, there might be a long delay before you can get in to see an autism specialist for testing. But therapy really needs to be started as soon as possible to get the best outcomes here. So being able to get a definitive diagnosis right away in the primary care office may be huge. And also in rural areas or in people with socioeconomic disadvantages, it may be a way to get testing through your primary care doc or your pediatrician, where if they're referred to a specialist, sometimes that follow-up appointment gets missed because of various logistical or social determinant type issues. It's so exciting to hear about all the digital technology available, but this all kind of sounds a little overwhelming. 
So if I'm a clinician or a CEO or a CMO listening to our conversation, what advice would you have for me on where to start? That's a tough question because I think it's really going to depend on where they are now in their digital journey and also on what kind of resources they have available. But I guess in general, what I'd suggest is that it's now time to really get on board and embrace the transformation that's happening due to the, these digital technologies. And don't be a laggard on this. And I think if you do get on board, I really think there's going to be some competitive advantages to those hospitals that are early adopters of digital. And so they've worked through all of the early implementation barriers. Also, like we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, hospitals need to beef up their digital capabilities through investment in both people and resources so that then you have the in-house talent and the infrastructure to implement these technologies. I'd also add you need to beef up your tech assessment and evaluation processes so that you can make good purchasing decisions. In the big picture, I'd say you should probably define your digital strategy and goals before adopting a specific technology because digital technologies are just a means to achieve bigger organizational goals, but it's really about the outcomes, not the technologies per se. Lastly, I think you should just keep an open mind and maybe follow all the new technology trends. I think you can learn a lot from watching what's happening with all of the digital transformation occurring in other industries. In fact, healthcare is actually lagging a lot compared to some other industries in terms of digital technology adoption. So Maybe you can use them as the guinea pig, and then we can just adopt the ones that have had all the bugs worked out and are proven successful. Well, Dr. Joe, this has been such a rewarding conversation. Knowing that there are digital technologies available for pediatric patients that can be utilized in their own home and on their own time, it certainly can help children and adolescents feel more in control of their treatment and maybe even help to lessen the stigma associated with seeking help for mental health disorders. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this edition of Knowledge on the Go. Thank you, Dr. Joe, for sharing some very innovative technologies available to assist in managing the mental health of our young people. And thanks to you for listening. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today like us, and send us your comments at picollaboratives at visionc.com. From Visient's PI Programs team, I'm Laura Hoffman. Have a great day.